welcome to Bring Your Own, a catch-all bookish most of the time podcast. I'm Brandy. I'm Kendra. I'm Kayla. And today we have with us a very special guest, Liz Tom Ford. Yay! Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, Liz writes contemporary romances, and her books showcase healthy relationships with leading men that you cannot help but fall in love with. Expect to find a mix of witty banter, found family moments, and plenty of steam throughout. Outside of being an author, Liz is also a flight attendant for an NHL team, combining her passions for both travel and hockey. Back in 2020, when the hockey season was postponed due to the global pandemic, Liz took her newfound free time and decided to write her first novel. And when she's not traveling or writing, you can find her reading a good book or taking her golden retriever Luke on a hike in her hometown of Sonoma County, California. Welcome, Liz. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was a great intro. We stole it from your website. <laughs> website. I, it sounded familiar, but... <laughs> Yeah. I wrote it like three years ago and I haven't changed it since and I don't plan on it. Perfect. Still applies. <laughs> it's so awkward to talk about yourself. So I'm like, I'm never changing that. That's just what it's going to be forever. Anytime I'm <laughs> asked to write a bio, I like break out in hives. Yeah, it stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Okay, great. Well, before we jump in with our questions for you, ladies, what are we reading? What are we drinking? Kendra, you should go first. Okay. Um, drinking this, I can't even say tonight. It's only 5 p.m. where I'm at. Um. <laughs> But I'm almost done. It's called Doctels, and it's a cucumber margarita in a can, and it's at 9.5%. So I wow. Would, yeah, and it tastes so good. Usually, like, mixed drinks in a can, I feel like, are so-so Nasty. with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, especially, like, the margarita kinds. But this is really good. Um, so if I am, like, on my ass or, like, really embarrassing this entire episode, I apologize. <laughs> we can blame it on this. And reading, I don't know. My reading right now is like ass, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I'm still listening to Fox Glove. I, I don't know what I'm doing with my no, life right not. now. So, I honestly, I'm really not. I haven't listened in like two days. So, that's that's it for me. Please move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, before I start crying, um, I'll go next. Um, ladies, I'm nothing if not consistent. So, who wants to guess what I'm drinking? Coke Zero. Coke Zero. You're so close. It's a Coke Zero cherry. Wow. (laughs) Go big. Um, And obviously have my book, Bonanza Water Bottle, as per usual. What am I reading? I'm reading, um, well, I'm not physically reading anything right now, but I'm listening to an audiobook um, called Unrealistic Expectations by Andy J. Christopher, who is a new-to-me author. Um, So far, I'm really enjoying it. It's about this therapist who recently got broken up with and this guy who recently was like really embarrassed on social media by his his ex and they fake date because she's got a new book coming out and he wants to repair his reputation so they're like trying to garner sympathy from the people as well as boost her book sales it's very cute so far really enjoying it yeah that's what i'm reading only one thing which is unusual for me but yeah nice I am currently reading Six Scorch Roses by Carissa Broadbent, which is the second book in the Crowds of Nyaxi series. Well, it's like the novella between books one and two. Yeah, so I am definitely enjoying that so far. And I am listening to, I just started, barely started, I'm like less than 10 minutes into the audiobook for Do I Know You by Austin Sigmund. Oh, yeah. I almost said Sigmund Freud. Um, Oh, that was my (laughs) first book of 2023. They have Emily Wibberly and Austin <laughs> Sigmund Broca. They are a like couple writing duo. So I'm interested to see if you like that one because I didn't like it as much as their first book. Yeah, I'm. I'll, I'm excited about it. I'm also drinking 
hot girls have multiple <laughs> drinks at a time so i have a pomplamoose lacroix and i'm also drinking an oberon um which is a beer from michigan that i'm obsessed with liz what are you reading and drinking I am, well, I'm currently drinking water because I'm at the end of a sickness. So, you know, hydrate. Gotta stay hydrated. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, but if it wasn't that, I'm, I'm not a big drinker outside of being like social. So if I were at home right now, I'd probably have some sort of like coffee. I'm a big coffee fan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on the pumpkin spice kick right now, you know? Oh yeah, Perfect. absolutely. Yeah. Perfect time. <laughs> um, and then as far as reading, I to be honest, don't read much anymore, which is very sad, but it's part of my life now because it's hard when that's your I've job. But that, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very, I very rarely eyeball read anymore, especially. I'll do mm-hmm. audios consistently, but eyeball read is like almost non-existent in my life anymore. But um, audio, I'm doing Fake Empire by C.W. Farnsworth, mm, who yes. I did a IG live with her like six months ago. She's I the sweetest. I remember watching girl. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad that like, well, first of all, I had never read her and I'm like, what was I, this book is so good. So I feel like everyone needs to read it. But also I'm so glad that it's getting some traction right now too, because she's literally the sweetest. And then I'm one chapter into eyeball reading to, uh, I got to find it because like I said, one chapter and not fully invested yet. Yeah. It is Butcher and Blackbird. Blackbird. It's like the rom-com murder. They're like serial killers, but it's a rom-com. First chapter is there. So I feel like I have high hopes on this one. So we'll see. Fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's just jump right in to our main questions. We're so excited to chat today. <laughs> um, so you first self-published Mile High, your first book, mm-hmm. in 2022. Mm-hmm. And earlier, like during your intro, we talked about how you began to write during the pandemic. So can you talk us through how your job inspired you to write this book? Because as again, as we mentioned, you're a flight attendant as well. So how and how much of what Stevie and Indy like do and encounter with their job is closely tied to your personal experiences outside of maybe falling in love with an NHL player? Yeah, there's not, that's not happening. <laughs> um, I actually wrote a different book during 2020 that Xander's was a side character in. That is not published or anything like that. I have never written anything. The only reason I even started writing is because you guys remember during like peak COVID times when Amazon was taking forever to get your yes. books to you or whatever you ordered. Yeah, yeah. And dark so times. Like, yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> and I wasn't a Kindle reader at the time things have changed but at the time I wasn't a Kindle reader and so I'm just like waiting on these paperbacks and so I was like I'll I'll just write my own book in the meantime so I wrote a book during 2020 it's not published or anything like that Xander's was a side character and then when it came time for him to get his own book I was like I'm gonna write it about my job because no one else most people don't even know that is a job like that's a real job but I was also like no one else could tell that story I will tell that story so as far as how much is based off of real life, everything plane related is written accurately off off the way my plane operates, at least. I can't speak for all the teams, but for my team, that's how it works. The cities are where we go, that kind of thing. There's a lot of references to like different bars they go to or whatever. They have different names, but there are places that we frequent when we're on the road. Yeah. The beach in Florida, that's a beach like right outside my hotel that we stay at every year, stuff like that. As far as the actual characters, those are all fictional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have have That's any so of cool. the players read your books? Well, you know what? I'm gonna find out really soon. <laughs> I go back. I go back to work next week. Uh, hockey season. We have our first road trip on the 25th, and they found out. The boys all found out about my books. 
I would say the last two weeks of the season oh, wow. last year. So I haven't okay. seen them this summer. So we're gonna have a problem if they have. They <laughs> <laughs> oh my my God. best friend's mom is a flight attendant. So yeah, like yeah. even seeing like little things like you wrote about in the books, I was like, Oh my god, I've heard my best friend's mom bitch about this like all the time. Yeah. Like, oh my <laughs> totally. gosh. Totally. It works differently, private versus commercial, but I think every mm-hmm. flight attendant or every flight crew person can kind of get some type of, like, you know, feels seen a little bit in that way. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay, this is totally off topic, but now I'm so curious. Just as a yes, flight attendant, <laughs> have you ever had, like, embarrassing things happen or just, like, a really tough something that happened, like a really long night, like planes get delayed, things like that. All yeah, I mean, to be honest, every night is long. Is it, <laughs> yeah. In the book, they do red-eye flights, and that's accurate. We do red-eye flights after every game. Not every, Yeah, every game. So that part is rough. I've had plane emergencies, like in-flight <sighs> emergencies. Um, but as far as, like, embarrassment, no, I don't know. I've known those guys so long, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be embarrassed at this point. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I-, I never even thought about the fact that it's, like, Stevie's first year working with this team so it's like she's getting to know everybody but I'm sure you build relationships with the players over the mm-hmm. seasons like are you ever sad to see them go if they get traded or... yes yeah I so I'm going into my eighth season with the same team this coming oh, wow. year and I have a handful of boys and staff not just not just players but staff too who I'm very close with who are still there but then I've also had a good amount of my like close friends get traded or quit their jobs or whatever it is and I'm officially at the point where I'm like I started when I was 26. I'm now thir- almost 34. So like, I'm officially at the point where I'm at the age of like the vets on the team. And I'm like, okay, when you go, I'm going like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's almost time. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you like been with them that long, you're kind of like the head bitch in charge, right? I feel like you I, would You be. know, the, the girl in the book who's a total bitch. That yeah. Is, that's, that's, my, that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> That's my job. So, yeah, I'm in charge of that plane. So I took the last five months off. I wrote caught up outside of like not being at work. And then I will go back. And that's all I do when I go back is just be in charge of their airplane. Wow. Yeah. PSA to anyone listening. I think we need more flight attendant romances <laughs> now because it's fun. Like you, it gives you an excuse to like put your characters all over the world. Like, yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. That was something I really loved about writing Mile High is like the travel in it. And I brought that back to a little bit with Kata because I missed being able to write like different cities and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I love the aspect of books in general, too. And there's travel in it. Especially like if I haven't been to a place, I'm like, OK, well, now I have like yeah, something so to like, look forward to. Like you mentioned that beach in Florida and I'm like, hey, Liz, like, where's that beach at? Like, <laughs> yeah. let me add that to my list. <laughs> totally. Oh, my gosh. Um, OK, so. Both Mile High and The Right Move feature Black main characters. And I've seen you talk a little bit about this, I think, on TikTok. Um, and, like, as a white author, what was your approach to, like, writing these characters? You just mentioned that Xandra was, like, a side character in, like, your first unpublished book that you wrote. So, yeah, what was your approach to bringing those characters to life? Like, did you have sensitivity readers? Uh, I kind of just want to know, like, everything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my first thing that I ever did was... I knew Xander's was getting a book and obviously him and I are not the same race. So my first thing I did was there was a woman, an author, and I was trying to find her on Instagram the other day, but it was on TikTok and I don't go on TikTok anymore. So I couldn't find her right now if I wanted to, but her first name is Stephanie. And she did a whole series on writing black characters as a non-black author. So that's kind of my first deep dive, watching her whole series, going into the comment section, reading as much as I could, asking my own questions, that kind of thing. Then from there, a lot of online research, reading Black authors, and that was kind of my first thing. And then, yes, two sensitivity readers, 
And then I had two more sensitivity readers for the right move. But outside of the character's race, the two other sensitivity readers were for fertility issues and someone I wanted to make sure I was reading that correctly. And also someone from the deaf community who helped me with that, if that makes sense. Because that was something I, I don't know, you just want to write it with as much care and like as much love as you can without it being a thing. Because there's certain things that aren't my story to tell. I'm not going to tell a story about the, the difficulties of, you know, anything like that. I just wanted them to exist in their own story, be who they were. And that was that. So yeah, like we got a black hockey player who was like the most sought after thing in like the media. It was, <laughs> it was so cool. It was cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Stevie and Indy's friendship is like one of our favorite parts about the first two books so far. Like I remember when Kendra, because Kendra, I can't remember which of these two read it first, but I was the last one to read these yeah, two books. Yeah, we the three of us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. So I remember when Kendra was like, you have to pick this up right now. She was, and like one of the first things that she said to me was, the friendship in it is just like so beautifully written um, and they're like truly girls girls. So can you talk about why it was so important for you to showcase like these two different women having like such a strong bond with each other outside of the romance? Yeah, for sure. I, that's also one of my favorite things in those books and something I'm looking forward to continuing in different aspects throughout the rest of the series is I love female friendships in books because I don't know how long you've all been reading, but I feel like you've all been reading long enough you remember, like, back in the day, it was always, like, other woman drama, mean girls, <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I am trying my best to avoid that because it's hard enough being a woman in today. We don't need to read it in literature as well. So <laughs> I love Stevie and Indy's friendship. I wrote it a lot off of my best friend who I fly with. Her name's Camille. She's actually the girl who named Indy. When I was writing Mile High, I was like, give me, give me a good girl's name. We're on a flight. And she gave it to me. I was like, perfect. <laughs> and so I wrote a lot of that. And, uh, <laughs> she's the best. I, read, I wrote a lot of that friendship and that bond and like that kind of thing during Mile High off of Camille. And then when it came time for the right move, something I really didn't want was for Stevie to have an issue with Indy liking her brother. And so that was like a big part to me, part of it too. I was like, if, if this is your friend and this is your brother, you would be happy about this as I think, you know, most oh of that God. trope should be. So that was oh something God. that was really important to me. But yeah, I just like love girl friendships and I'm excited for you guys to see Miller kind of like, she doesn't have, I'll say this, Miller doesn't have many friends period because of her job and you'll see that more. So I love the way she's kind of brought into the fold in her book as well. And I thought that was so well done with Stevie as well. Like we got to see her build this beautiful friendship as somebody who didn't have a ton of female friends. And it wasn't because she didn't like other women. It's just like she hadn't met Indy yet. (laughs) Yeah. People, girls liked her brother too much. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was the problem. Yeah. Yeah, And you got the, you got the contrast of like Indy having like really shitty friends in the right Mm -hmm. move and then like having a good friend in Stevie. So like that was really nice to see as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. I appreciate that. I yeah, I love female friendships and I love when they feel um organic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just yeah, I liked watching them become friends and maintain their friendship and now being related. So yeah. Speaking of our girl Indy, Indy is a huge plant lady and yeah. I am a plant lady myself. I have a plant named Indy because I like to name my plants after book characters. Yeah, I loved it. Yes. I was like, highest honor ever. (laughs) Yeah, she's hanging from my ceiling in my living room. I love her. Um, She's being very well taken care of. So I was just so curious. Are you a plant lady yourself? 
And then also just in general for your characters, like how do you decide on like small little fun details for them yeah. like that? Um, I see I see a plant on your little table back okay. there, but I don't know if it's real or not. Is it real? This one's fake, and oh, that one's okay. that one. But back there, that one's real. Oh, I see him. Yeah, for, I see him. Okay, it's been alive for thirteen months. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> really good. Um, I am unfortunately not a plant lady, but I want to be so badly. Ugh. Um, I got right. a whole table of succulents outside, and those are killing it. But that's because they're the most low maintenance things of all time. Mm-hmm. And I have this baby going strong, and then this is just for color, but that's fake. Um, it looks nice. Thank it you. Does. I would love, I would love to be a plant lady, and maybe one day when I'm not traveling as much, I will sit down and learn the trade because I'm so jealous of you guys who have this like thriving garden in your house. But as far as picking details for characters, first of all, I think the reason why it takes me so long to put books out is because I think on things for like months like right now I'm thinking about the next book and I'm like trying to find all these little intricacies about who they are and why things work and I think the biggest thing I always try to find is what about these even if they're little hobbies or whatever it might be what is it that works together and pushes their story forward for example Indy being a plant lady is partly she's a nurturer she wants to like have something she can like grow that's part of her like really wanting to be a mom but at the same time it's colorful and that's the opposite of ryan and so it's just things like that like finding things that bounce off each other stevie is a thrifter and that was like one of my favorite things was like putting her in thrift clothes while xander's is like so such a diva with his like labels yeah. <laughs> um yeah so it's typically things that are opposite that kind of just bounce each other bounce off each other but also pushes the story forward in some way but those are also my favorites finding those little things you know that's so fun yeah Yeah. kendra i'm curious are your plants still alive do they make it with you yeah i i just moved apartments and i have two plants that kayla inspired me to get you walk into kayla's house and it's like you're in a what do you call it greenhouse greenhouse yeah but no i'm so like kayla has so many plants everywhere and it's she decorates them like around house so wonderfully yeah i have two plants and like now i want to get another one and also name it after indy but i don't want to be like um I'll take the compliment. You can just name it it Ivers. Just name it her last name. Oh, yeah, I'll name it. There you go. Yeah. I'll do that, yeah. But I love how you just said, like, you spend, like, a lot of time, like, thinking of the little things. Because India is my favorite character that you've written. And I remember reading The Right Move. And it was all the little things about her, like, adding up. Like, we just kept learning new things about her as the story kept going that, like, made me fall in love with her so much. Like, oh, like, she had a degree that was, like, really high up and, like, was, like, smarter than her ex-boyfriend. Like, that was one thing. Oh, she knew ASL because of her parents. Like, that was one thing. Like, I just, I loved everything about her. So it's nice to hear that, like, you put so much time and, like, care into crafting who she is because, like, it paid off. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I love, yeah, partly I love unfolding characters as they go, but also yeah I love when it's not as it seems completely Indy is used to just being this like pretty girl who is known for being pretty and fun and like you know whatever but she was had so much more going to her and I liked that Ryan was kind of the one to pull that out of her so yeah yeah (laughs) I literally can't think about them without being like (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and it was so funny we like told we convinced brandy like you need to read the right move like you're gonna love it i was so gonna wait for much. the audiobooks because like i listened to the mile high audiobook and i was like oh my god love and then i was like looking and i yeah. know that you were waiting for a specific narrator yeah um for ryan and i was like oh, i'll just wait for the audiobook and they were like no we were like no you need to read it right <laughs> now so then i did yeah but yeah yeah and she loved it i felt so satisfied when i got that <laughs> 
oh my god i, love I was like so in my hater yeah, era I too i was having like a shit reading month and i was like i don't know if now's the right time like i'm not in the right headspace and it like pulled me out of a reading slump like that you know what <laughs> I mean? your, your reader friends agree with your recommendation is the highest compliment yes there is. it really is yeah it's so yeah. great yeah yeah, yeah. So valuable. we read it during like the first quarter of the year i think Did yeah we in like march. February or march or something march. and it made mm-hmm. it like automatically we were like okay we know this is going to be like one of our top reads of the year so like the entire spring we were like brandy brandy read the book, read the book. <laughs> and i did I get off my back <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, um okay so speaking of ryan um yeah. the shea siblings each have like a different kind of relationship with their parents like so yeah. cv has mommy issues which i love reading mm-hmm. about in books because like hashtag same right. um she has mommy issues that are like really heavily tied into like her body image um mm-hmm. issues that she also deals with in mile high and then ryan and his mom though complete opposite like they're almost like besties like they get along so well can you talk about like crafting that dynamic between the two siblings because i think it's something that a lot of people relate to in real life like having yeah. brothers in their family where like the mom treats the girl one way like oh you need to be home by like 10 p.m mm-hmm. don't eat this don't do that and then with the son they're like oh well he's just like out doing whatever like yeah. he's fine like oh it annoyed me so much growing up um, yeah, totally. Let me preface this by saying that I have the best mother of all time. <laughs> I, I like dedicated that book to her, and I told her later, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want people to think that this is because of you, because like you're great. So like, not about yeah. her. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think too, being a woman, I think usually when like I shouldn't say it's usually, but I feel like I hear a lot of when women have body issues or or negative talk there's a lot of times that that comes from your mom and maybe that's her own issues and it's coming down. So that was a part of it. A big part of it too was with Stevie's storyline was being um, kind of like the first choice and not, and never feeling that way. And then she has a twin brother. She still doesn't feel the first choice even in her own family. Mm -hmm. So that was also just part of tying into her story as much as I could. But yeah, I think I kind of just wanted to represent in Stevie's case, at least, like, yeah, kind of, it happens quite often, but it's also okay to c- create boundaries for yourself in those situations. And then with Ryan, I didn't want his mom to be in her his book too much, simply because I felt it was really towards Stevie's storyline, and I didn't like necessarily feel like I needed to like give her a full redemption arc or anything like that. But yeah. um, with Ryan, I just wanted him to be supportive of his sister in that situation, so that was kind of that for them and i am happy with that stance he knows he's the golden boy in the family he knows he's treated better but he's also like gonna create boundaries for his sister i felt like that was so true to character too like it just especially the way that you established their relationship as siblings in the first book like it felt so true to character once we got into his head and thought about how he saw everything like yeah it made so much sense yeah i appreciate that readers who read mile high like in the beginning maybe didn't like ryan a ton but when you think about it like the things he was trying to do bring her ex-boyfriend around that kind of thing it was all because she he thought like that would make her happy so when you learn about him more you like realize oh no he was just trying to be a good brother he's he was off the mark you know yeah yeah. (laughs) in the right move so many people talk about the quote sometimes the quietest love is the loudest and anytime Mm -hmm. i talk about this book I always talk about how like that is my boyfriend to a T like he 
is an acts of service guy. He has a really hard time vocalizing his emotions. He has a lot of anxiety surrounding that. And so like to see it represented so beautifully in the right move was just so, so special. Um, So it doesn't surprise me that so many people love that line. But did you know that that part was going to be standout? No, no, I didn't know that was... I knew that Ryan was acts of service the whole time I was writing it. Like, obviously, that's what he is. Like, it's pretty clear. But it wasn't until I got to that line, which I want to say is like 70 to 80% into the book. And I Mm -hmm. literally was writing it while I wrote it. I wrote it and I sent it to my best friend, Allison, who's one of my alpha readers. And I didn't say anything. And she like highlighted that line. She's like, this is what the story is about. And I was like, that's exactly what the story is about. Then I went backwards and added a lot of things where there's conversations where Indy talks about her ex-boyfriend being loud about the way he loved her and stuff like that. That was all added after I got to that 80% and I was like, okay, this is what it's about. Then I went backwards and added that. And no, I had no idea that quote was going to be as popular it was. My editor um, was the one who also highlighted and said, this is your tagline. I like, when you're in, when you're in a manuscript, you're not thinking like that, like at least yeah. for me my brains too all over the place. So I had no idea that it was going to be as popular as it is. I had no idea this book was going to do as well it has done. I thought it was going to be a complete and utter flop. I'm not going to lie to you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Like any of my friends know that like the last week of January, I was just like, it is what it is. I'll write the next one. You know, Um, like sitting on a banger and you're like, Oh, whatever. Like it's going to (laughs) do awful. And then it blows up. (laughs) I truly, I'm not even trying to be like, oh, you know, no, like I truly was like, it's okay. It's fine. I'll move on. I'll do the third one. It'll be okay. Um, So the fact that so many people have resonated with it is a shocking, but also like amazing to see because I love them so much. I love that story so much. I feel like that line like really encapsulates what like people talk around, like unintentionally talk around in romance books a lot, which is like, it's the small things it really is the small mm-hmm. things and like I feel like Brian is such an embodiment of that um, yeah. are there any other parts of like mile high or the right move that you were like I can't believe this part is like what people latched on to no I think that's the biggest thing is that um for the right move I wasn't sure if people were gonna like resonate with Indy I will be honest like Indy is complete opposite of me and she was very difficult to write because mm-hmm. of that I'm not a girly girl I um children are probably not my future by choice like we just have different views on things so writing her was really difficult for me and also made me nervous because I was like are people going to resonate with her and I hope people like her and I'm so glad that people love her because I love her she's just so outside of like my personality you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I would maybe say just the fact that that love has gotten as much as it ha- that book has gotten as much love as it has is more of the surprising thing of anything yeah are there any moments like I know you say you don't get on TikTok anymore but like I'll be scrolling on TikTok and on Instagram and people will post like reels of like moments where I'm like why would you post that like let people find out like when they're reading like <laughs> yeah moment of an author where you're like why is that online like that should just stay yeah. in the book yeah i'll say spoiler alert if you haven't read the book yet but mm-hmm. the right move when people talk about um ryan learning sign language i'm like please yes. don't yes. spoil that yes. like why are we spoiling that <laughs> i'm it's so glad a, i went into it blind holy shit yeah it's such an important part to like the fact that you don't know this the whole time and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like wow this guy's been in love with her literally this entire uh-huh. time yeah that's probably the biggest one for me yeah. or even the fact that he again the spoiled house. Her, bought her house yeah, bought <gasps> her house. yes yeah. i'm like shut up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brandy has yeah, very really strong feelings for me it's the fertility 
that really pissed yeah, me yeah. off which is oh. another i mean we are like oh we hate seeing spoilers also since podcast just <laughs> we gave a spoiler <laughs> warning spoiler. when people give spoiler warnings i don't care what you post post the end of yeah. the fucking book if you if you're posting a spoiler warning <laughs> exactly, but I, exactly yeah i'm like i'm so glad that i had that anyways Ooh. sorry yeah no <laughs> no i feel the same way with that when um brandy was reading it and she was she was like sending some updates in our group chat kendra texted me separately and was like I really don't want this part to get spoiled for. I think it was the fertility. Kenner, I think that's like the biggest one for you always. She's always talking yeah. about don't spoil that part. Ryan paying for oh, her so good. treatments. Yeah. I pretty much like the last 20% of that book. Don't spoil it. Um, yeah. Because there's just so many things back to back to back that you learn. So yeah, that's for sure. There's something big and caught up that I just know people are going to spoil. And I'm like, don't do that. It's going to ruin the whole thing. You know. Well, now I know okay. I need to block <laughs> hashtag caught up on TikTok yeah, and yeah. Instagram exactly. until I read it. I don't want to yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We have asked this for every author that we have interviewed so far on our podcast, <laughs> so you are no exception. <laughs> but you said it yourself in in your bio that your books are steamy. My personal faves are chapter 28 and 29 of The Right Move. Um, but when it comes to writing, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the chapter numbers memorized cracked me up. I'm sorry. You have bookmarks for a reason. I can tell you about them. I just don't know the chapter marks. Anyway, oh, okay. Whatever, whatever. whatever. No, anyway. when, sorry, when I saw this outline, I was like, what chapter like, is this? I had to go back and look. And you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, before I just got like completely I'm sorry. shit on. Oh my God. No, okay. No, we love you being horny. Thank you. <laughs> Never mind. I was going to say something. That sounds like, very weird. I so sorry. I, <laughs> I mean, say it. You can say it. No, I don't want to say it. okay we'll we'll come back to it later um but when it comes to writing your actual sex scenes can you talk about your process for that like do you find it awkward like are you like giggling to yourself like throughout like how how is that process for you my first book that I wrote offline that's not published or anything like that I felt super awkward because my first time doing it you know I was like this Mm -hmm. is so weird and I was so much more delicate with my language too now I'm like throwing out every body part there is like you know like I don't... yeah you can say it yeah we say it yeah. all the time okay okay yeah. well now I feel weird but anyway <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah now no I I don't it's not awkward at all I don't feel weird at all I will say because it's kind of a choreography in a sense yeah. there's sometimes the chapters that are harder for me to write because it's not I love dialogue that's my favorite to write so it's the least amount of dialogue most of the time yeah. um it's usually chapters where I'm like okay in three chapters I need to do this and it takes me a little bit to like warm up to like let me figure out this choreography in a sense but no I don't feel weird about it throw out every word I can think of I don't mind anymore yeah I don't feel weird about it I and appreciate then, it thank you yeah, very much and then I'll, <laughs> I'll let it sit and then I'll come back and read it maybe like a week later I'm like damn I'm like, I <laughs> like, oh, okay. like that's dirty <laughs> oh my gosh literally moments before you logged on we were sitting here talking about our favorite scene and ryan indy's first scene after the gala is just one of my favorite smut scenes ever written so thank Thank you for that i love non-sex smut scenes they're literally my favorite to read and write i think they're so hot um they are and i think every book of mine from now on will have at least one um i love them so much yeah yeah 
Uh, there's one in, there's a non-sex smut scene in Caught Up and everyone who's read it has been like that so hot. I'm like, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And also when Ryan and her were doing it and he was like figuring out what she likes and he's like, oh, you like me telling how good you are. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ones. Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. Of course. Of course. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say that kind of makes sense. You just said you love writing dialogue so much. Like Indy being a praise girl. Like anyway, you can incorporate more dialogue into the sex scene. Like, of course she's a praise girl. <laughs> I think we all are on a certain level, but yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> Speaking of praise, though, like how do you kind of decide like what the couple's thing is? If it is praise, if it's you know dom sub, like what? I think. Or how do you decide that? Yeah, so far, pretty much everything has been praised to a certain extent because I'm a praise girly. So, like, that's just, you know, mm, yeah, <laughs> art imitating life. Um, <laughs> so, um, and I, to be honest, like, I don't, I have no problem reading it. I don't know that I'll ever personally write and never say never, but I just don't know that I'll ever write anything that's outside of like praise just because I want someone to tell me how pretty I am and how good Mm. I'm doing it and all that kind of stuff but also like with my sex scenes I try to also push the story forward in some sense yeah obviously a lot of Stevie had a lot of um, body image issues and so a lot of the sex scenes in that were meant to kind of help with that Mm. Um, and then in the right move just Indy basically says like she can't finish you know here comes Ryan okay great but also the trust (laughs) from Ryan's point of view he's been celibate for all this time because of his lack of trust in other women so that's also pushing the story forward yeah so I always try to have a reason for for to be I mean obviously smut is enough of a reason but I want there to be a little bit something else that's pushing the story as we go when I was at the LA Times Festival of Books, I went to a panel that was all about writing sex scenes. And Kennedy Ryan said something that has literally every I cannot read sex scenes the same after she said that if you can skip a sex scene in a romance book, it's not doing its job. Right. And like if it's not moving the story forward in some way. And I feel like exactly what you just said, like there's a reason for everything that they're doing. Yeah. Well, also she's, hot. A geni- she's a genius. So listen yeah. to everything she says, because I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I fully agree. I think there needs to be a whether it's a conversation that's happening during or it's a subconscious pushing of the story forward. And if it's a self-confidence thing or whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. It needs to push the story in some way. Yeah. And it's also fun. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we talked a little bit, a tiny bit about the audiobook for The Right Move. Mile High already has an audiobook. Brandy loved it. I haven't listened to that one, but Brandy, I know you really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Like, I literally, anytime I think about Xander, I think about that narrator's voice. Like, he was so perfect. His name is Winston James. His voice is, like, so deep and sultry. As soon as I heard him, I was like, Xander's. Yep. um, (laughs) Was he in, did he do... JL he didn't. Yes, he was. He was in JL Seegers because that's yeah. I think how I listened to him. Mm. Um, oh, yes. Did he do Me? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. I've, yeah. I've heard his voice. He does have a yes. very nice voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I was. I literally was like. I was like. He would say it like that. Alexander's like, would yeah. say it like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. What can you tell us about the audiobooks in for all your books? Well, especially Right Move and Caught Up, since those aren't yeah, out yeah. yet. Yeah, so um, The Right Move is coming out on October 17th. Part of the reason it's so delayed is because of who I wanted to voice Ryan, but also I'm not self-publishing Mile High in The Right Move. I I 
sold my rights and usually right. that takes a little bit longer mm-hmm. but caught up I I didn't produce it but I quote unquote self produced that one with through a company lyric audio they're amazing um, <gasps> yes, and that'll come yay. out on yeah so that'll be coming out on my release day so ebook paperback and audio Lit. coming out on the October oh, 10th yeah so that's exciting so for narrators for the right move Sean Kristen is doing Ryan okay he, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to long shot by Kennedy Ryan but he did <gasps> August yes. yeah oh no yeah. dang it I listened to hookshot never okay, saw okay. Well, he's in there if you look up his name on Audible, you'll recognize him in quite a few books. Okay. okay. Um, she's, I don't know which name she's going by. The girl who's doing indie. I got, I think it's Juniper Young is her name she's doing okay. under indie. She's not in a ton of, ton of stuff, but she has a great voice. So I'm excited to hear her as well. And then um, Caught Up, that one is going to be Alex Kidd. He does a lot of sports yeah. romance. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be Kai. Mm-hmm. And then for her, there's a woman named Megan Wicks, and she's only done a few audios. She's done two of Candy Steiner's books. She did okay. Hail Mary. Oh, she has okay. this like beautiful, like deep voice. And I like I was oh, asked I asked for her. She didn't even it wasn't even on the list. I was like, I want her to voice Miller because in my mind that's what she sounded like. So I'm excited. I actually just got the file in my inbox today i haven't listened to it yet but yeah so i'm excited i love when authors are audiobook girlies and like you said at the beginning that see that i feel like i can tell because like there's so much care put into like and thought yeah. process, like picking the narrators, narrators everything yeah. Yeah. yeah oh my god I'm I'm so, excited. so excited i can't say it yet but i'm so excited for the audiobook narrators from book four i already have them scheduled and they're like big names caught up i'm so excited for who i have uh, but also big names get booked out so early and i just realized i was gonna self-publish this in the summertime so we booked way ahead for book four and so there's two big names i'm so excited to have them they're gonna be great yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> restraining myself from asking i don't want to ruin it but okay. <laughs> yeah we'll i can't really tell anyway but um, it's okay there, there are two <laughs> names that you guys all know and they're both i think they're great so yeah okay yay yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh wait so Caught Up is coming out very soon. Will we know yeah. at the end of Caught Up what book four or who book four will be about? Yes. Yeah. You'll see it at the end. You'll see the name of the book for book four, the title, and you'll see who the characters are, but you'll pick up on it throughout the book anyway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Amazing. In the oh. same way that Mile High and The Right Move are a nice little duet, mm-hmm. Caught Up and book four are also a nice little duet. Ooh, okay. And then um, book five will... They're, the whole cast is in all of the books at that uh-huh. at this point, but book five will really be like all all four books, and then this final one. So okay, yeah, oh I love that you said they're like a duet because yeah, when I got to the end of the right movie, I read that epilogue and I was like, yeah. damn, like we're really into the future. Like okay, yeah, there's so, more to come though. Yeah, so caught up, you'll go back in time. You'll go to the end of the regular chapter in the right move. Okay, um, so. Four years before the epilogue. So right at the end of the right move, you go into that baseball season. That's Kai's start of Kai's story, like two months later. Okay. You won't have a time jump at the end of Kai's epilogue, but you will have one at the end of book four. And then that'll bring you to book five at the end of both those epilogues will line up together time-wise. And then book five will take place there. So, yeah. Man, you are a planner. You're like, I know when this <laughs> yeah. is happening and that is happening. You gotta like, be. Oh, it's crazy. I wish I was better in the beginning. Uh, when I was writing Mile High, I thought it was going to be a standalone, one-time book. Wow. <laughs> and then halfway through, I was like, I should write a book for Ryan. And then wow. here we are. Yeah. yeah. That makes me so excited. <laughs> now I get to see Indy and Ryan in book three. I mean, even yes. if just a small portion, I'm just excited yeah. to see them together. And I yeah. love cameos. Yeah. And, and yeah. <laughs> yes. I love yeah. it. They have, um, they're not both 
Xander's and Ryan and Indy and Stevie are not as prevalent as much as they are in each other's books because they're not right. siblings. Yeah. But you're yeah. still going to see them a good amount. I want to say maybe four or five chapters worth of them being in it. I'll take it. And then yep. um, you'll see more of Kai's family in this if that makes sense you'll figure it out very soon <laughs> and then um yeah but you'll see plenty of them and you'll get to see them just together and you'll see xanders and stevie pregnant but not no kids yet so that's kind of yeah it'll be a nice little yeah <laughs> oh my god wait okay so this is this is a little bit of a sidetrack but why chicago i was born there and like, i was just college there yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. why did you pick chicago as like the central location for everyone yeah. okay well first of all uh, when I wrote that first book offline that Xanders was a side character and it took place in Minnesota. And so logistically for the story I needed it to make happen, it worked out that I was like, well, Chicago makes sense. But when I decided to do this whole thing, Chicago is like such a great sports city. Chicago's yeah. a great city anyway, but especially their sports scene is so amazing. And so yeah. um, that was a huge reason why. And like, I don't think there's enough books about the Midwest. There's a ton of books about yeah. LA and New York, and there's just not a ton about the Midwest. So. You're so yeah. right. I'm a, yeah. I'm a Midwest girl, so yeah. so much. I grew up. Kayla feels so for ten years. I didn't. I'm not from Illinois, but I grew up there. For, not. I grew up in Illinois for ten years, so it was really nice to see a book take place in the Midwest. Yeah. I grew up in Madison, so I spent okay, a lot yeah, of time yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, my yeah. family's from Minnesota. They're like southeast Minnesota, so not too far from Chicago. But every time I go to Chicago, I like love visiting. So yeah, I'm just waiting for more books in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're okay. <laughs> we're okay. We're okay. Yeah, see you guys. <laughs> hey, but that's that's one team compared to Chicago's like three teams. Yeah, it's like yeah. realistic that there would be Listen. a top hockey player and a Actually, top basketball player yeah. and a top baseball player yeah. all in Chicago. Like that's realistic, yeah. we Kayla a, Ann. We have a top football <laughs> player. I don't know what you want me to yeah. say. Where is your <laughs> basketball player? Where is your baseball player? We have baseball, baseball yeah. Player. I, I know. That's it. And the soccer team. Are you? T- oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay, okay. Moving on. <laughs> I flew that soccer team one time. Ah, fun. Oh, you did? Team, yeah. Sporting Kansas yeah. City? Yeah, randomly years ago, we went to Panama City for some reason. They had a game there or something. So, yeah. Cool. So Small cool. world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the topic of sports, though, like, are you interested after, because you said this uh, series is going to be five books, right? The Windy mm-hmm. City. Yeah. Cool. So after book five, are do you have any interest in writing outside the sports subgenre at all? Like, do you have interest in, like, yes. billionaire, small town? I feel like all my guys are, like, not billionaires, but, like, they're rich. So yeah. I feel like I've yeah, <laughs> yeah. a little bit. <laughs> um, but I would love to do a small town sibling series one day, like, five siblings, something like that. That would, that's, I think will probably happen. I'm excited to move out of the sports world just because I could say so much, so many words on not describing a a scene. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that'd help my word count. But now I, I would love to do something a little bit different just so I can have different types of professions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There is a standalone I really want to write outside of the Windy City series that I'll probably do after I finish this series. But after that, I think I would start a whole series and I, I don't want to say for sure it's small town, but I could see it being that. So yeah, oh, awesome. I would love, I would love to be able to write mafia. I love reading mafia. I don't think I have the creativity to write mafia <laughs> because they do whatever the hell they want. I can't really like, do a lot of research on mafia. Can you? <laughs> What's the best way to murder somebody? Yeah, yeah like, FBI, you don't want that in your right? search history. Yeah, yeah. FBI agent would be like, "What is this girl doing?" So, uh, <laughs> that's funny. I love small town romances. I would yeah, shit myself. Yeah. 
Sorry. I, <laughs> so I listen, like most of what I listen to is small town romance. I, they're such easy audios. They're yes. great. I look forward to when any, any of my small town authors who I like look forward to, I can't wait for the audio books to come out. Um, yes. That's like one of my favorite things to listen to on audio. Yeah. Have you read the Chestnut Spring series? Yes. Yes. I can't wait for Hopeless. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, Laura Pavlov is my newest obsession. <gasps> I don't know if you guys have read her newest series, yes. but Kayla's read the most. Easy. I read Into the Tide, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's quick, easy, but like great storyline, really great humor. I think her humor is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So those are, and those are all on, you can do it like Whisper Sync, you know, where you yeah. get like the mm-hmm. cheaper price if you're, uh-huh. yeah. So I've listened to all those. They're great. Like but you. yeah. So we've already kind of touched on it a little bit, but let's finally talk about Caught Up. What can readers expect? And how was the writing process, or was it at all different from the first two? Every book of mine, I will say, has been completely different while I'm writing it. Uh, Mile High was the easiest because zero expectation, but also, like, that book is so long because I was just like, this would be fun, this would be fun. Like, I was just thinking (laughs) about, like, this is so freaking long. The right move was very difficult for me to write. I was three weeks late on my deadline. My editor's an angel, and she's like, you know, don't worry about it. But I had a really tough time with that one. Imposter Syndrome was hitting hard mm. hard time with that one but caught up has for sure been my hardest but in a different way a yes imposter syndrome and having expectations which like I'm so grateful like having pressure is such a privilege to have but also so scary, so scary sometimes yeah. Uh, yeah you don't want to disappoint anyone and you know um so there's that but uh for different reasons it was really hard I knew this story I knew it I knew all of it from the beginning, which is not super common for me. I usually know the end and like points that need to happen. I knew everything about their story from the beginning. So my pacing, I kept finding myself pacing it too quickly and having to be like, no, 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 drag. You got to like make it feel more natural. Like they shouldn't be having these conversations so early. So I would say it was hard in that aspect because I was just so ready to put it on paper that yeah. getting my pacing correct was a little bit challenging, but I'm very happy with where it's at now. Also, I don't have children, and this book is about a single dad with a son. So a lot of voice memos to my friends with kids. <laughs> I'm like, one of my best friends, Paige, she has a three-year-old, and Max is younger than that, but I'm voice memoing her, and I'm like, when Charlie was this age, like, what was he doing? What kind of what kind of dishes did he have? Like, what kind of, like, just stuff like that, random yeah. things, what kind of clothes how can you change them all that kind of stuff things that I don't are not like in my everyday life so that part was difficult too and making sure like his amount of speech was correct because he is really young in this book and I'm not trying to have him give like dialogue you know Kayla and Kendra give me so much shit because one of my favorite fictional kids they're like oh why is he talking like he's an 11 year old and he's five I'm like okay whatever leave him alone so that's so funny that you mentioned that I love that it's just a smart kid (laughs) yeah this guy guy is very young in his book so that Mm -hmm. was it was more so like how many words should he have in his vocabulary sure you know yeah and then also writing a female main character who I would say I wouldn't say it's like completely gender swap as far as like stereotypical gender swap is what I should say where typically you have a guy who's like commitment phobe we'll just say like you know mm-hmm. back in the day we'll say books right. were always like commitment phobe guy girl yes. who wanted to settle down right exactly this is very much the opposite of that I think people know that from the blurb already but writing a female main character who had her own like hesitations towards that but it was also trying to make her likable which I love Miller she might be might be my favorite 
female main character I've written, but people love to hate on female main characters. <laughs> so Thank like you. giving them a reason to is is scary, but you also want to make them realistic and like as long as I hopefully the whys have been obvious enough that readers pick up on why her motivations are what they are. So yeah, I'm excited for people to meet both of them. I love both of them individually and together. I'm so excited. I'm also so excited because you've mentioned a couple of times that writing their families has been so fun for you. And we talk in our group chat, we talk all the time about how like sometimes the familial or friendship relationships that exist in romance books are like our favorite part about it. And we already talked about Ryan and Stevie, but like, I'm so excited that you said that these are like some of your favorite characters you've ever written. Yeah, I, this is probably, I would say, in a sense, my most found family book, A, because it is about a family, obviously Kai has a son, but on top of that, you have so many family members in the story organically. Miller's dad is Kai's coach, so he's there the whole time. Kai's brother is on his team, so he's there the whole time. His son is obviously a main part of the storyline, so he's there the whole time. So you have these, like, five people who are, like, intricately, intricately, like, put together all the time, and... Mm -hmm. Miller is kind of the outcast because all these guys are on the same team or coach the same team, whatever it is. So Miller's coming in and like the way she kind of fits into this family um, was really fun to write. Uh, where did you pick the name Miller? Are you a Brewers fan? I, no, <laughs> I love, <laughs> did you say Brewers? Yeah. I was like, Oh, sports yeah, romance yeah. Miller. Oh my God. Yeah, Brewers fan. No. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I... you said yes. <laughs> I love, um, First of all, I'm from Northern California, so I'm not a Brewers fan. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> but I um, love stereotypically male names for women. Me too. Uh, yeah. My first book that I wrote offline, her name was Logan. Um, she is in a little bit of the Mile High, Mile yeah. High book. Um, so love that. Stevie is obviously a girl's name, but like it has a little bit of that masculine edge. Miller is typically, I guess, a male name or a last name. Mm-hmm. But I love female names that have a little bit of like a masculine edge to them since you I we've talked a little bit about them throughout like Logan I remember reading about her can you remind me of her husband's name Eli Eli and I remember reading his last name is Madison so you see that's right yeah yeah I remember reading mile high and like googling to see if i missed a book Mm -hmm. from you because i was like they're so obviously so fucking in love and anytime that two characters that are side characters in books i'm like they have to have a book somewhere yeah (laughs) but it's not like fully published huh it was for a hot second um i got it unpublished i did not publish it i had somebody else published it it was a terrible situation we won't talk about it but um (laughs) i got i got it unpublished finally it also is just like not reflective of I think my writing at this time. Um, okay. And if I ever put it back out, I it needs a full rewrite, like one thousand percent. Because like I said, I was like during COVID, I was bored out of my mind, and I was just like, let me write whatever I want. Whereas mm-hmm. now I feel like there's so much more structure to writing a story than just sitting down and doing it. So maybe one day I'll put it back out, but it's not at the top of my priority list. But they were my first couple, and that's where you meet Xander's. He was yeah. he was kind of the hated rival and so he had his little he had his little redemption arc yeah most people who read mile high with no context of the first books hate xander's in the beginning but if if the old school people who read like my old readers who read the first two books love xander's right from the beginning because you saw a little bit of his redemption already so yeah but he's yeah he's a fun character but he's easily unlikable as well but i love him so whatever yeah Would you say that, like, I mean, obviously it's living so fresh in your mind. Would you say Caught Up is your favorite book you've written so far? 
they're all so different yeah um, I'm, I'm still, like asking you to pick one of your children I'm sorry yeah for sure <laughs> I think like because if I'm thinking about in the way of like what did I enjoy the most I enjoy mile high the most um still to this day I think they're all different I think mile high is the funniest in my personal opinion mm-hmm. and I think it had for me it was my most enjoyable writing experience I think the right move was the most like swoony and then I think caught up is going to be probably the most emotional, which I didn't know that until I had like all of a sudden people started rating it. Like a few, like my inner circle started rating it and telling me they're crying. I was like, oh, I was like, I, I was so drained when I was writing it. I was like, I thought I was emotionally dead. So thank you so much for telling me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were <laughs> so like, why are <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think that will probably be the most emotional. So I think like, they're all completely different and I love them for different reasons. Also, so you exciting. just got picked up by berkeley so yeah, yeah. thank you thank you so yeah exciting. i love this trend of berkeley picking up indie romances that are like hundreds of pages long because usually their stick is like 350 max and i'm yeah. like okay if you're gonna pick up all these indie authors who are writing these long books that we love you need to give the same grace to your standard roster yeah yeah that's a bit i mean to be honest before i wrote books i didn't know there was even a book community like i was not in it i was not online and i didn't know it was a thing so mm-hmm. I didn't even know anything about anything. And then one day I was just like, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to put it up and sell it and hopefully I make my money back on editing. And so truly didn't know anything about it. I didn't know there was even like a word count, you know, which yeah. <laughs> my books are so long, so it's obvious. But yeah, I'm really excited to be picked up by Berkeley. They're so great to work with. And a huge concern of mine was, are you guys going to take apart my story? Because I still have mm-hmm. my ebook rights and my ebook mm-hmm. rights will remain mine. And that's what like, 80% of readers, I would say, read, mm. um, at least on, like, what I can see on my, like, you know, pie charts of what's mm-hmm. selling and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't want the paperback to be different from the ebook, and I also didn't want to change their story. It's been out for over a year already. So yeah. they, even though it was so long, they did not change the story at all. They didn't pull things out, nothing like that, which is awesome. So, yeah, it's going to be a chunky book on the bookstore, in the bookstore. So, yeah. Love Good. It. Love are they going to change are they changing the covers at all yes yeah um which they weren't going to i should say that i should preface this they were totally open to me keeping my covers which was also very cool because those are not like normal traditional covers um it was not it was not their say there was a retailer who they're hoping to get those books into that store and that retailer wanted a different type of cover they came to me and asked me for my if i was okay with that i'm not gonna be the author's like no you know so I was like of course yes let's change them and I've gotten a sneak peek at what's happening so far draft wise and they're like a hundred times better than I ever thought they'd be so I'm actually (laughs) really excited for new covers yeah yeah and hopefully down the road they'll pick up caught up in the rest of the series like they're this is so new for traditionally published uh publishing houses to do that mm-hmm. it's really kind of a test run and as long I think as long as they do well and stores want them in store it sounds like the rest will go but can't say they will for sure but hopefully so then the whole series will also match the Berkeley covers at one point hopefully so yeah cool. just gives me an excuse to buy more books I know like, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. <by myself. laughs> and the Berkeley covers have very lengthy bonus chapters that people have been asking for so yeah i don't know if people know that actually no oh, wow. you heard it here first yeah. heard it here <laughs> yeah. scoop. So they both have 
chunky, chunky bonus chapters in each of those books. So hopefully that'll also be a reason to buy them. So yeah, absolutely. Can you (laughs) remind people or like tell us when the last day is to buy the indie covers if they want them? I don't even know yet because Berkeley doesn't know yet. Um, They're being super graceful with me, which I'm so stoked about. I thought it was going to be as soon as the announcement is out, paperbacks are down. But they've been awesome with letting me give readers time. I would assume once the covers are finalized and put out into the world and shown to people, that will be the transition date. And on my end, it looks like it's soon, but I don't have a specific date. But I would say buy them soon. (laughs) Yes. Buy them if you want them. Yes. Yes. If you're listening right now, go order your copies. (laughs) Yeah. And caught up. So people know caught up, caught up will still come out indie. It will still match. The current skyline covers. So if you want your series to match, you gotta buy the first two now. The yellow is beautiful. So I was so excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited. I already know what book four is gonna look like and I'm just like I can't wait to see them all together. So yeah, I'm so stoked for for caught up to come out. Oh my so god. Cool. So are we. Oh my god. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us here today. Yeah. Thank you guys so for having me. This is so fun. So fun. So fun. <laughs> Awesome. So uh, Caught Up comes out on October 10th on all platforms, ebook, paperback, ready for purchase, and the audiobook all on the yeah. same day. So exciting. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. Again, Liz, thank you so much. Go ahead and pre-order Caught Up if you haven't. Like we just mentioned, it's going to be out everywhere. Audio, which we have a lot of audio girlies that listen to this podcast so they're probably like foaming at the mouth right now um and we are so excited to see where the windy city series goes if you enjoyed listening to us talk to liz you can rate this podcast five stars we'd really appreciate it and yeah tune in next week when we have something else um or <laughs> something new i'm forgetting what we're recording next but it'll be out soon it'll be and fine. Again, thank you so much liz awesome. All right, bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.